Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Saturday, May 7th. Shabbat Shalom. We have just completed the observance and celebration of Passover and the seven days of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. But did you know that Passover is not really over until we get to Shavuot? There is the counting of the Omer, a 50-day count, that takes you up to the next biblical feast, which is Shavuot, or Pentecost. The giving of the Torah happened at Shavuot, exactly 50 days after the children of Israel left Egypt. A few thousand years later, on the exact same day, Shavuot, Yeshua's followers gathered in the upper room for a prayer meeting. On Shavuot, also known as Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out in great power with a mighty wind and tongues of flames. The Omer is counted each evening after sundown. This year, Shavuot begins at sunset on Saturday, June 4th, and ends at sundown on Monday, June 6th. We are to stand when counting the Omer, and we begin by reciting the following blessing. Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kitshanu Vimotztav Zivanu Al Sefirat HaOmer Blessed are you, Adonai our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with your commandments and commanded us to count the Omer. After the blessing, we recite the appropriate day of the count. For example, Hayom Yom Echad Laomer. Today is the 21st day of the counting of the Omer. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Bread Hadashah. Today we finish up the Torah portion, Kedushim, and it means holy. Leviticus 20, 21-27 If a man marries his brother's wife, it is an act of impurity. He has violated his brother, and the guilty couple will remain childless. You must keep all my decrees and regulations by putting them into practice, Otherwise, the land to which I am bringing you as your new home will vomit you out. Do not live according to the customs of the people I am driving out before you. It is because they do these shameful things that I detest them. But I have promised you, you will possess their land because I will give it to you as your possession, a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God, who has set you apart from all other people. You must therefore make a distinction between ceremonially clean and unclean animals, and between clean and unclean birds. 
You must not defile yourselves by eating any unclean animal or bird or creature that scurries along the ground. I have identified them as being unclean for you. You must be holy, because I, the Lord, am holy. I have set you apart from all other people to be my very own. Men and women among you who act as mediums or who consult the spirits of the dead must be put to death by stoning. They are guilty of a capital offense. 1 Samuel 1, 1-2-21 There was a man named Elkanah who lived in Ramah in the region of Zuf in the hill country of Ephraim. He was the son of Jeraham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuf, of Ephraim. Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah did not. Each year Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priests of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Penina and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Penina would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year it was the same. Penina would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having ten sons? Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli, the priest, was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, Yahweh Savayot, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime, and as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk? he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I am very discouraged, and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I am a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, Go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. The entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned home to Ramah. When Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea, and in due time she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. The next year Elkanah and his family went on their annual trip to offer a sacrifice to the Lord. But Hannah did not go up. She told her husband, Wait until the boy is weaned. Then I will take him to the tabernacle and leave him there with the Lord permanently. Whatever you think is best, Elkanah agreed. Stay here for now, and may the Lord help you keep your promise. So she stayed home and nursed the boy until he was waned. 
When the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. They brought along a three-year-old bull for the sacrifice and a basket of flour and some wine. After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked. I am the woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy, and he has granted my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshiped the Lord there. Then Hannah prayed, My heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Stop acting so proudly and haughty. Don't speak with such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows what you have done. He will judge your actions. The bow of the mighty is now broken, and those who stumbled are now strong. Those who were well-fed are now starving, and those who were starving are now full. The childless woman now has seven children, and the woman with many children wastes away. The Lord gives both death and life. He brings some down to the grave, but raises others up. The Lord makes some poor and others rich. He brings some down and lifts others up. He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes, placing them in seats of honor, for all the earth is the Lord's, and he has set the world in order. He will protect his faithful ones, but the wicked will disappear in darkness. No one will succeed by strength alone. Those who fight against the Lord will be shattered. He thunders against them from heaven. The Lord judges throughout the earth. He gives power to his king. He increases the strength of his anointed ones. Then Elkanah returned home to Ramah without Samuel, and the boy served the Lord by assisting Eli the priest. Now the sons of Eli were scoundrels who had no respect for the Lord or for their duties as priests. Whenever anyone offered a sacrifice, Eli's sons would send over a servant with a three-pronged fork, while the meat of the sacrificed animal was still boiling. The servant would stick the fork into the pot and demand that whatever it brought up be given to Eli's sons. All the Israelites who came to worship at Shiloh were treated this way. Sometimes the servant would come even before the animal's fat had been burned on the altar. He would demand raw meat before it had been boiled so that it could be used for roasting. The man offering the sacrifice might reply, Take as much as you want, but the fat must be burned first. Then the servant would demand, No, give it to me now, or I'll take it by force. So the sin of these young men was very serious in the Lord's sight, for they treated the Lord's offerings with contempt. But Samuel, though he was only a boy, served the Lord. He wore a linen garment like that of a priest. Each year his mother made a small coat for him and brought it to him when she came with her husband for the sacrifice. Before they returned home, Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May the Lord give you other children to take the place of this one she gave to the Lord. And the Lord gave Hannah three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Now Eli was very old, but he was aware 
of what his sons were doing to the people of Israel. He knew, for instance, that his sons were seducing the young women who assisted at the entrance of the tabernacle. Eli said to them, I have been hearing reports from all the people about the wicked things you are doing. Why do you keep sinning? You must stop, my sons. The reports I hear among the Lord's people are not good. If someone sins against another person, God can mediate for the guilty party. But if someone sins against the Lord, who can intercede? But Eli's sons wouldn't listen to their father, for the Lord was already planning to put them to death. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew taller and grew in favor with the Lord and with the people. John 5, 1-23 Afterward, Yeshua returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the Pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for thirty-eight years. When Yeshua saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Yeshua told him, Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping bag and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath, so the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, You can't work on the Sabbath. The law, the Torah, doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. But he replied, The man who healed me told me, Pick up your mat and walk. Who said such a thing as that? they demanded. The man didn't know, for Yeshua had disappeared into the crowd. But afterward, Yeshua found him in the temple and told him, Now you are well, so stop sinning, or something even worse may happen to you. Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Yeshua who had healed him. So the Jewish leaders began harassing Yeshua for breaking the Sabbath rules. But Yeshua replied, My father is always working, and so am I. So the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him. For he not only broke the Sabbath, he called God his Father, thereby making himself equal with God. So Yeshua explained, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the Father will show him how to do even greater works by healing this man. Then you will truly be astonished. For just as the Father gives life to those He raises from the dead, so the Son gives life to anyone He wants. In addition, the Father judges no one. Instead, He has given the Son absolute authority to judge, so that everyone will honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. Anyone who does not honor the Son is certainly not honoring the Father who sent Him. Psalm 105, 37-45 The Lord brought His people out of Egypt, loaded with silver and gold, and not one among the tribes of Israel even stumbled. Egypt was glad when they were gone, for they feared them greatly. The Lord spread a cloud above them as a covering, and gave them a great fire to light the darkness. They asked for meat, and He sent them quail. He satisfied their hunger with manna, bread from heaven. 
He split open a rock and water gushed out to form a river through the dry wasteland, for he remembered his sacred promise to his servant Abraham. So he brought his people out of Egypt with joy, his chosen ones with rejoicing. He gave his people the lands of pagan nations, and they harvested crops that others had planted. All this happened so they would follow his decrees and obey his instructions. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 14, 28 and 29 A growing population is a king's glory. A prince without subjects has nothing. People with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. I want to speak to you today from Leviticus chapter 20, and then we're going to jump into 1 Samuel chapter 2, and then we're also going to dive into Psalm 105. Let's begin with Leviticus chapter 20, and there's a particular verse I want to zoom in on, and that is verse 22. You must keep all my decrees and regulations by putting them into practice. Otherwise, the land to which I am bringing you as your new home will vomit you out. This gives us a very deep principle. Both the northern and the southern kingdom, that is the house of Judah, the southern kingdom, and the northern kingdom, the house of Israel or Ephraim, were sent into exile by the Lord. The southern kingdom went into exile to Babylon in 586 B.C. The northern kingdom went into exile to Assyria, and they never returned. And this verse tells us why. It's because they did not keep his decrees and regulations by putting them into practice. And so the land vomited them out. So when we eventually return to the land during the event known as the greater exodus to come. What will allow us to remain in the land and sink our roots and be there is we must be keeping all of his decrees and regulations by putting them into practice, not just knowing the information, but doing the commands. And the highest command of all, the peak, the pedestal, the Mount Everest, of all of the commands, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. On this, all of the Torah and the prophets hangs. We're to walk in his love. So, there are many shameful things that happen in the United States of America and in other nations around the world. Shameful practices, wicked, wicked practices. And we are not to follow the practices of the pagans. We're not to follow in those things, but we are to follow the commands that God gives us in his word and put them into practice. Now I want to jump into for Samuel, and we have Hannah, who desperately wants to have a child. Back in the times when she lived, it was considered a a very shameful thing if a woman was barren and had no children. And then she was being needled by Penina, who was constantly vexing her and uh, taunting her with the fact that she didn't have any children. 
So Hannah was desperate. She came to the temple, and she cried, and she wept before the Lord in prayer. And she begged him for a son, and said, If you give me a son, I will dedicate him unto the Lord. And so, in her desperation, the Lord heard her, and he answered her prayer, and she became pregnant with the boy Samuel. And she did, after he was weaned, bring him to the temple and dedicated him to temple service. Now let's look in First Samuel chapter 2. And Hannah prays a prayer of rejoicing, a prayer of thanksgiving, for how the Lord answered her prayer. She said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. So she goes on to say that he lifts up the poor, verse 8, from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes, placing them in seats of honor, for all the earth is the Lord's, and he has set the world in order. Verse 9, he will protect his faithful ones, but the wicked will disappear in darkness. No one will succeed by strength alone. And so she learned some very important lessons while she was in her waiting period, waiting for the Lord to answer her prayer. These things that she learned about his nature and his character shine forth and come forth out of this psalm of praise and thanksgiving, this prayer. She says in verse 10, Those who fight against the Lord will be shattered. He thunders against them from heaven. The Lord judges throughout the earth. He gives power to his king. He increases the strength of his anointed one. And so when we go through a trial, when we go through a testing, a testing of our character, God is going to forge some deep things in us. We're going to learn some things about his nature and his character when we go through these trials of life. And that's what came forth out of Hannah. She waited a long time for the promise of a son to come. And then finally it came. And what I have seen over and over, God often works in patterns, is that when we're waiting upon the Lord, it can seem like it takes a long, long time. And that's the test to see if we will wait upon him and trust him. And if we pass the test, then he works quite suddenly. He works very suddenly to bring forth the answer. And so we wait, and it's a trial, and it's a test, and we have to be patient and trust him. And then he answers, and he moves quite suddenly. So now I want to jump into Psalm 105. And again, this psalm is recounting the history of Israel as they came out of Egypt. And um, in verse 37, the Lord brought his people out of Egypt loaded with silver and gold, and not one among the tribes of Israel even stumbled. Verse 42, well, I'll start with verse 41. He split open a rock and water gushed out to form a river through the dry wasteland. He remembered his sacred promise to his servant, Abraham. Abraham. 
So he brought his people out of Egypt with joy, his chosen ones with rejoicing. And the verse I want to zoom in on is verse 45. All this happened so they would follow his decrees and obey his instructions. So this verse tells us why God did what he did, why he moved in such a miraculous and powerful way, why he delivered them out of Egypt, out of slavery and out of bondage, out from under the boots of Pharaoh, why he provided for them miraculously with water from a rock and manna on the ground, because he wanted them to follow his decrees and obey his instructions. Actually, the giving of the Torah was the giving of a ketubah, a marriage covenant. He was basically asking the people, will you marry me? And the Torah was the ketubah, the marriage covenant. The people said, I will. When they said they would follow the Torah, they said, we will do it. And that was their I do. So it's, it's an invitation into a relationship. And the people failed. They were harlots. They were unfaithful. They got into the golden calf worship. And so the invitation remains even today. Yeshua invites us to be a part of his bride. He invites us to be in a covenant relationship with him to be a set-apart people, a holy people. That's what the Torah portion has been all about this entire week. Kedushim, holy, set-apart. That as a holy people, we do not eat unclean food. As a holy, set-apart people, we are to walk holy, even as Yahweh is holy. We are to be a holy, set-apart people because we are his bride. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>